when a friend of mine was about five years old, she remembers asking her dad, why is the sky blue? And her dad replied with like a full on scientific explanation about the nature of light. Light is electromagnetic radiation from the sun that within white light resides all the colors of the spectrum and that each color radiates at a different wavelength. And so when white light hits the atmosphere surrounding the earth, it hits the gases and particles of our atmosphere at different wavelengths, at different rates of the wavelengths of light. And those wavelengths bounce off and get scattered by the gases and the particles. And since the blue is the weakest with the shortest wavelength, that bounces around the most and gets scattered the most and becomes most visible. So when we look up at the sky, it is blue. My friend remembers her five-year-old self being overwhelmed and confused, but totally amazed and intrigued by this answer. So much so that she remembers the moment to this day. Her dad's NASA quality answer filled her with wonder at the universe and sparked her curiosity to learn more and to ask more questions and to poke into the things she didn't understand. I used to wish I could ask Jesus my basic questions about God and faith. And I used to imagine he'd sit me down, maybe on his lap, like a five-year-old, and explain everything. But today's gospel reading shows that that's a bit of a pipe dream. It's a real fantasy, because Jesus deals with Nicodemus's questions the way my friend's father did, without adapting or scaling down to what he thinks Nicodemus would understand. So we have Nicodemus coming to Jesus in the night and really curious about who he is. And Jesus responds right off the bat by describing the kingdom of God, that one needs to be born from above to see it, that we need to be born of spirit and water to enter it. Jesus is putting words to the great affirmation of God's welcome of all humanity into a profoundly intimate relationship with God, to be born, connected with spirit and water, and to be so loved that God sent us Jesus in this world to be loved so that we may be saved and not condemned. And how can these things be, says Nicodemus? I think we all, if we're really honest with ourselves, we all have how can these things be moments in our walks in faith. These are moments pregnant with questions about God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, questions about Christianity and the many ways humans, both for better and sometimes tragically for worse, have tried to follow Jesus's way of love. Year in and year out, Week in, week out, day in, day out, we're invited over and over again to have courage to enter this question zone. Have the courage to inquire, the courage to be curious, and the courage to listen. And it's in this curiosity and questioning that the spirit is actually at work in us already in us, putting salt on our tongue, making us so thirsty for God that we keep seeking the living water and the water that brings new and renewed life. 
And having the courage to seek and to question also means having the courage and ability to sit with confusion, sit with unknowingness, sit with uncertainty. We may not understand the answers. And like Nicodemus, we may not get it. We may not get it about new life. We may not get it about salvation or the kingdom of God. Or whatever comes back may lead to more questions and more uncertainty. The core God is all about relationship and God is all about change. And change means uncertainty. Living with, an uncer with uncertainty is a perpetual reality for us in all dimensions of our life. I mean, just think about what happens when major illness comes along. We may have symptoms and then there's the, oh, I need a doctor appointment and that uncertainty, that waiting for the doctor appointment, then, oh, you need a biopsy. The uncertainty, the waiting for what are the results going to be. <clears throat> then the diagnosis, uncertainty, waiting to see then what the treatment will be. Then in the treatment, uncertainty, waiting, will it work? And on it goes. Even if all goes well, uncertainty, will I get sick again? Now, research has begun to show the danger of the inability to live with uncertainty, the inability to be open to questions, to be open to learning, to be openly curious. Brown University just did a study that shows that the intensity of political polarization is due to an aversion to living with uncertainty. The study showed that studied people on the, the right and on the left who were fully entrenched in their perceptions of the same reality, which were different, completely different perceptions. And it showed that these polarized perceptions were strongest in people with the lowest tolerance for uncertainty in general. Yet uncertainty and questioning is an integral part and a necessary part of life and especially of our spiritual life. And God is all about change, about new life. And where there's new life, that means change happens. When there's transformation, that's change. Salvation means change. And this kind of change isn't a one and done thing. It doesn't happen in a moment like that. We aren't born anew and suddenly everything is good and set and stable and nothing changes. New life comes into being and grows over time. This transformation is alive. New life, that's alive. It's a process. And in that process, we will have lots of questions. And we will live with lots of uncertainty of where will this lead? The unknowingness of where will we end up? And one of the things I really like about Nicodemus is that when he gets these theological graduate school level responses from Jesus in today's gospel, Nicodemus doesn't run away. He keeps trying to understand. Even when Jesus try, seems to chastise him, says, you know, you're a teacher and you still don't get it. Nicodemus listens. He listens and he tries to absorb and if we fast forward through John's gospel, we get two more glimpses of how Nicodemus's relationship with Jesus evolved. 
These are glimpses of, let's say, the result of Nicodemus's seeking and question, questioning. We see him in this scene or the moment asking Jesus, the, you know, who is God? What is this God? And we see all, all this, this back and forth between him and Jesus. And then we have this glimpse right when Jesus is about to be arrested of Nicodemus arguing against Jesus's arrest. Now, this is a great danger for Nicodemus because he's a leader in the Jewish community and was risking having himself tied to Jesus and condemned himself for being associated with Jesus. And then the last glimpse we get is after Jesus is crucified and has died. Nicodemus shows up with these fragrant, expensive spices, and he helps prepare Jesus's body for burial. So in these three moments, we see Nicodemus going from questioning and cluelessness to standing up for Jesus, for bearing witness, hey, maybe we shouldn't arrest this guy, there's something here, and then loving devotion. That reveals, in my mind, transformation at work over time. And I wonder if Jesus's befuddling an answers help fuel Nicodemus's wonder, even though he didn't understand in that moment. You know, my friend who wondered about the blue sky, she now credits her father's answer for planting a hunger in her to learn about the universe. And she ultimately devoted herself to mathematics a career in the sciences. God's love, like my friend's father's love, is so big and unconditional that no question is off limits. The answers, however, will not be simple, and we may not see them. We may not understand them, and they may not come in any form that we can perceive. But may we have the courage to question the courage to seek, the courage to live with unknowingness. Because Jesus meets us there, God is right there, and leads us through all that into new life. Amen.